Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Keith Watch Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah. Good evening. Good evening, folks. This is a, a message from your leader. Oh, no, it's not. It's a, sorry, wrong script. Hang on a second. It is the Keith Walsh Podcast. How's it going? Good evening. Happy Monday evening. It is Monday, the 26th of October. It's dark outside, very dark. It has been dark for a while. It's um, almost 8 o'clock. The clocks have gone somewhere, back, forward, I don't know. They changed. And now it is 8 o'clock when it should be, I don't know, 7 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Who knows anymore? Who cares? This is where we're at. This is where we find ourselves, people. Um, I uh, I have a chat here with my friend Mike. That's the reason I'm talking now to introduce that bit. And we had some fun. We had some shenanigans. Um, we initially recorded one that there was a there was a delay and it just didn't didn't really didn't really work. It was uh, it was funny because I could feel the delay. I could hear the delay. I could I could feel the delay. That's my son coming in the door, shouting something. I don't know what. He's shouting about something, possibly a sleepover. And we tried to explain to him, uh, this is a level five lockdown. There's no sleepovers. You can play outside in your own little pod of friends. Anyway, he's gone. Um, so yeah, we had a few diff- hiccups recording. Yeah, there was a delay, and the problem was, so we recorded a full episode, a full chat for the podcast, me and my friend Mike. And uh, I, I could hear the delay, and I just kind of said, "We'll just keep going, power through," you know, just in case. And by the time we got to the end of it, then uh, Mike was, uh, Mike was a bit, uh, <laughs> a bit quiet. <laughs> And I was like, you know, there was, there was a delay there, you know. I didn't know whether to stop it or keep going. And he was like, oh, thank God. He thought that I just wasn't reacting to anything he was saying. So he was feeling like nothing he was saying was either interesting or funny. I was just like, he'd say something and then there'd be a gap. And then I'd eventually go, yeah. So as you'll hear in this podcast, I, I think this bit of the podcast, this bit of the chat, he uh, he seemed to think he was saying that uh, he just thought I was doing something else. And I was just kind of every now and then going... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm listening. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, we re-recorded it, and by the time we got to re-record it, because uh, we couldn't figure, it, we figured out what the the delay was. It was happening on one of the computers. Thankfully, Mike has had access to three different computers, so he borrowed his son's uh, laptop, and that seemed to work better. So we eventually got going, and uh, then we, by the time we got uh, the chat going, Zoom said, "Oh, you've ten minutes left." So we had to start a new Zoom, and uh, basically, I I lost the first part because I seem to have recorded over. So we have the second part, which is half an hour long, which is plenty. There's loads of stuff in it, but there's a couple of mentions about uh, mentions of things. Uh, that I feel like I should tell you about just before you listen to it because uh, you might be like a bit like what the hell are they talking about I don't know anyway I, I kicked off so the bit that is missing I was telling Mike about going out onto the curl with the family today and we, we, we 
you know, everybody has to stay within the five kilometres. So we went to the car, which is just on our doorstep. And uh, it's a beautiful facility. Uh, I can tell you that now, people. A beautiful facility. But we were on the car and it was myself and Suzanne, my wife, and Anna and Finn. Excuse me. And uh, I was just chatting to the kids about... Um, we got talking about mushrooms. And I was saying, well, this is mushroom season, you know. And if you're from Newbridge or Kildare or surrounding areas, you'll know about mushroom season when people pick mushrooms, uh, and but magic mushrooms. So I was saying there's a lot of, you know, magic mushrooms would, would grow around here at this time of the year. People, You'd see people out picking them. Um, and the kids were like, do you mean mushies? Are you talking about mushies? I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So anyway, we were talking about the mushies and I was explaining what they were and the effects on them. Uh, the reason I brought it up with Mike is I was like, am I a bad father for talking about these things to my kids? But I do believe in just being open and talking about this stuff because there's no reason to keep things a secret and they should know about them because, you know, it'll be helpful later on that they know these things. Trust me. And uh, so we were talking about mushies and we kept going. We were, we were sort of running around the car doing our 5K Excuse me. I feel like Jerry Ryan. Um, and suddenly my son stopped and he said, and he said, there, look, look, because I was explaining what they looked like. And he, and he found a mushroom and picked it. And we just continued running and eventually we got back to the car. And he was in the back of the car with his phone out and he was Google and he was going, Dad, this what I have here is called a Liberty Cap. So he'd Googled, obviously, mushies and looked up what type of mushroom he had and he discovered he had a liberty cap. And it was, indeed, a liberty cap. And uh, <laughs> my wife was was out of the car. She was talking to somebody. And she came. And uh, as she got back into the car, my son had dropped this mushroom that he picked uh, out of his hand in the, in the car. And he started shouting... <laughs> I've dropped my magic mushroom dad I've dropped my magic mushroom so I then had to explain myself to my wife I'm not sure she was too impressed but uh, anyway so I, I was talking to, I was telling Mike that story and also I was telling him about my dog who seems to have ear mites at the moment he's shaking his head and he's trying to scratch his ear and we didn't get a chance to get to the to the we couldn't go to the, the vet over the weekend because it was closed and I meant to bring him on Friday, but I didn't get a, a chance. So I've been giving him just to try and deal with the inflammation, maybe, or the discomfort. I've been putting some CBD into his into his uh, food, you know. Um, and I was explaining to Mike, CBD is like it's from the marijuana plant, but it's not, it hasn't got any THC, and it's just CBD. Um, and I was worried about my dog becoming addicted to, you know, becoming a bit of a stoner because he was kind of like. He was mooching around, seemed seemed quite happy with himself, but it's it's not. You're not going to get high on CBD. It's just a type of oil that's good for inflammation, and nerve uh, anxiety and stuff like that. So, anyway, those were the two things primarily that I spoke to. I'm just trying to think: was there something else? I think I also mentioned something about an Arctic squirrel who takes mushrooms before he hibernates, but I think that's mentioned in this bit. Anyway. So that uh, hopefully that will give you some sort of uh, uh, gist of the information you might need, uh, just in case anything comes up in our chat where we refer back to the earlier part of the chat. Hopefully you feel like you, uh, you're you clued into everything. And if not, hey, what am I going to do? Anyway, Mike doesn't even know I lost the first part of the chat. It was I think it was only about 10 minutes, maybe 15. So it's fine. It's a very enjoyable episode. It's a very enjoyable chat. And we spoke about... As I said, we we talked about everything from lightning storms to polar bears to getting caught in the snow to spending Christmas in a hotel on your own with your family in three bars to eventually we got on to uh, the time that Mike met Dolly Parton, the great Dolly Parton, and they had a weird moment in a small room in a hotel. It's all on the way. It is episode 17 of the Keith Walsh podcast, me talking to my friend Mike. Enjoy. Yeah, how are we doing now on timing and everything? On uh, oh god, are we recording already? I've hit record. Yeah, cool. just, if that's I, great. 
if if I no, yeah. I wasn't recording. I wasn't recording. I just literally hit record at the end. No, of it's, your, okay. The, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. The story. So I'm going to count to three, and you're going to say hello when I say three. Okay. One, okay. two, three. Hello. Okay. It's a slight, tiny, tiny, but that's okay because you're in Claire. That's only to be expected. Um, Fuck so, you. So what what's uh, what's up with you? What's going on with you in, in over in Clare? What's happening? Uh, not a lot, really. I'm looking out today, and it's it's relatively dry outside, which is nice. But we've had all sorts of storms. We had a big storm here on um, what night was it? I can't even tell what day it is now. Saturday uh, night. Yeah, it was Saturday night. Big storm. Did and, it have? Uh, hang on. Did it have a name? This storm. No, 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 no. It was a it was a thunder and lightning storm. Really unusual for around here. Um, we never usually get. We hear the the rumble of thunder, and of course there must be lightning somewhere, but we we rarely see it. Myself and Jimmy were sitting in the front room downstairs, sort of curtains drawn, uh, and the room next to us doesn't have any curtains, so it's quite bright and whatever. And all of a sudden, I thought something, some sort of a, a bomb had gone off in our back garden, and wow, there was this big wallop of light. Like you'd see on um, when they try and show you what it would be like living through a nuclear bomb. There was white everywhere and there were shadows cast into the room. And about three seconds later, no electricity. And that went on and on and on. And it went off and it went on again. And it went off and it went on and no internet all day yesterday. And uh, little sort of internet bad sort of this morning and then no electricity and uh my wife actually <laughs> she got off this morning to make a cup of tea and said i think all the power outages have meant that the the light in the fridge has gone and uh, which i immediately thought of you, <laughs> you you've broken money into my fridge before but I, and, and i said uh, oh no it's probably because you know there's been some sort of power surge or something like that whatever and then we realised about 15 minutes waiting for the kettle to boil that there's actually no electricity in the house. It's just like, oh, oh shit, it again, yeah. But and we do live yeah. very rurally. So unfortunately, that's that's one of the things here that happens. And what do you, because that's, I mean, I find that quite exciting. Um, anytime I've been somewhere where there's been a thunderstorm, it's quite exciting to just look at it and uh, it's, it's quite a spectacle. But if you're... If you're out in the middle of nowhere in and you're quite close to the sea then are you or yeah about i suppose six kilometers i'd say as the crow flies okay. i can see the sea we're up on top of a hill um and are you in that in that moment when that's happening the electricity's going and it's are you scared do you enjoy it is it thrilling is it worrying no it's a pain in the ass because you know that two for two days you're going to have sort of intermittent electricity no internet um, everything you've set to tape on your Skybox or your Humax box or whatever is now thrown into a world of confusion. Um, and it's just, it really, it just fucks my life up. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> Here we go with the worst day <laughs> ever. I don't have Coronation Street. It's all, it's gone. All, all of the no. things I recorded. No, I was really interested in watching it. There's a new... Um, Danish crime drama called DNA on uh, BBC Four on a Saturday night, and it was the first two episodes. Oh, and uh, of course, midway through the second one, fucking, and everything just goes. And my fucking alarm clocks. I, I, I'm, I'm terrible at getting up in the morning, and I've got a digital alarm clock, and it, it must take twenty minutes to set the thing. And I've set it four times now after the last couple of days, and it's just really getting me fucking down. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing seems to fucking work. Do I love do do. I really <laughs> woke up this morning. Oh no, I didn't because my alarm clock hadn't fucking set properly. Yeah, right. exactly. Oh. Didn't wake up this morning. Uh, like it's just that. I think that's the difference. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting onto your level of. I mean, I don't have a hard life, but you know the things that stress. It's it's a different pace of life there in Clare, isn't it? Because the things that stress you out would be the, you know, the, the, uh, the dust <laughs> trying to get the Hoover bag emptied and the dust oh. blowing into your face or uh, not your latest Danish drama, not recording, you know, because of the electricity uh, or your alarm or having to reset your alarm. I mean, it's, it's, it's quaint, Mike, you know? 
it is quaint, but everything relies on electricity, and that's a real bore lake. And if it doesn't rely on electricity, it's the um, it's the internet, and it's just like not knowing things like what the weather is going to be like because you don't watch weather reports anymore on the television because there's no point because you can just look at your phone. But when you've got this device, which is so fantastic and it's got the world in, your, in the palm of your hand, when it's not attached to the internet, it's just a fucking phone that doesn't work. <laughs> you know, it's, another, it's another thing that's losing charge. <laughs> there's no fucking electricity. Yeah, yeah. And uh, have you no generator or battery? You know, car, you know the way, I know people out the country, they have a generator or a car battery, they just hook everything up I'm to not, well, this isn't one of those fucking life below zero programs in Alaska <laughs> or something. Would there be <laughs> would there be polar bears prowling the garden like and and what how do you deal with them? Like well, that's the other thing. We do have quite a lot of wildlife here, and I feed the foxes quite controversially. And I'm a family of four foxes at the moment uh, that come to me for dinner every night about seven o'clock, and they they get some dog food, and they sit out there but it drives the dog fucking berserk. Uh, and I mean, like, berserk. She gets her heckles up and starts going, around the house, like pacing around the house, barking. So I have to put a radio on overnight for the dog. So my dog has to listen to RTE Radio 1 all night. What's, he, uh, what's his favourite? <laughs> it's the reruns of Joe Duffy. Oh. It's Joe D- it's Joe Duffy going, I, I'm not, where are you? I'm, I'm on the corner of Clare Basson Street. Oh, I know where that is. My father used to go down there. And the poor dog, I'd say, is probably wake up. That dog has probably got all sorts of mental issues now. What's the name of your dog? What's your dog's name? Poppy. I'm just picturing you listening to the live line someday. And next thing you hear this voice is like, and Joe, he's feeding the foxes. He's feeding the foxes and it's my food that he's feeding them. And you're not supposed to feed foxes. I don't know if you know that, Joe. And Joe's like, yeah, yes, Poppy. Yeah. And tell us more now, Poppy. Tell us what's his name. It is Mike. He's my owner. He's, uh... And if it, if it was Joe Duffy, he would go, uh, where are you? I'm, uh, I'm down near Milton. Ah, Milton Malby. Sure, I know loads of lads down in Milton Malby down. We often go down there for the crack and all that and all day. Oh, the best, uh, the best live line I remember, and, and Bernard, who I, I used to work with, used to talk about this live line. Um, it was the time Joe was talking to an old person about, uh, you know, talking about living on the pension and um, mm-hmm. how hard it can be and, and what, like, what kind of food they would eat and... Uh, this this owl lad was kind of, was talking about <laughs> what, what the best food that he like the best meal he can cook for himself and the handiest thing is a pizza you know mm. so he was talking about how he'd have a pizza for his dinner and Joe just went into this thing and what kind of pizza <laughs> what kind would you go for the pepperoni would it be ham and would you what about ham and pineapple would you believe would you put pineapple should you put pineapple on a pizza. Should you put pineapple on a pizza? Oh. And he went into this big thing about what <laughs> what toppings, what toppings. And your mom was like, ah, Joe, I like, I don't pe- like pepperoni. It's too spicy, but I'd have a ham, a ham mushroom now or something. Uh-huh. And the whole conversation became not about surviving on the pension, but about pizza toppings. It's, it's, oh, the, man's a ge- the man's a genius. Yeah. Absolutely, he is Alan Partridge. So you, you know. <laughs> but you put so you put the radio on for Poppy to to because so she, so she won't be aware of the foxes, is it? Or? Yeah, the foxes come to the back door. You see, so um, the foxes don't like the thunder either and the lightning. So the second the house plunged into darkness the other night and silence, and there's there's only a silence you get when your electricity is off. That's different to any other silence. There's no hum from a fridge. There's no rattling of anything. There's no, there's, I, I'm, I'm convinced there's a digital hum on the planet that can, and when the electricity goes off, it goes And of course, we're there scrambling around to get um, lighters, head torches and candles. And the foxes erupt in the back garden and the dog, goes, <laughs> she went spare and started running into things because she, because <laughs> it's pitch black it's like, <laughs> and he's like Oof! and she'd nearly take you out went straight into my shin and I'm holding a candelabra at this stage with no with like both candles knocked out of it they weren't lit and it's just like fuck it's it's like something out of Dickens and uh, <laughs> overnight if we don't have a radio on 
she she'll hear the foxes and start barking at them. So, Which is really bad, actually, because if if we're going to get broken into one night, um, the lads will know now that Joe Duffy is on, so <laughs> they have to do the they can just make sort of noise along the sort of same time as RTE One is playing, so they can just listen to it. So, so the electricity going really does play havoc with your with your idyllic life. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing romantic about it. Um, we we bought a uh, a gas stove. I went um, on a, a recent trip to England. I, I went to Decathlon and bought myself a lifestyle, you know, tents, uh, blow up beds, all that sort of stuff. Thought to myself, I'm going to be some like Ray Mears. I'm going to be out camping and whatever. And then I just realized I fucking hate camping. I hate camping. <laughs> <laughs> I hate camping stoves. I hate the idea of setting up gas under candlelight. I mean, what could be more dangerous? Did you, did no. you, could you not have realized this before you bought the shit? Like, did you actually go camping once you bought never, stuff? Never, never. <laughs> when did you, never. So when did you realize? Um, you just decided. As I was, as I spent, uh, as, as the credit card dropped about 400 quid and I thought, I've just bought a lifestyle here that I'm never, ever, ever going to use. And Jimmy's probably going to take it to Glastonbury once and leave it there because he's going to have sort of some sort of eruption in it of some sort. And it'll <laughs> be useless for man or beast. You wouldn't even put Poppy in it. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, would he bring Poppy? <laughs> You'd have to have Radio 1 on in the, in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> or Joe. Just invite Joe for the weekend. Just Hello. bring Joe. <laughs> and I was telling you, Poppy, I went to see Kasabian. Uh, they were very good. Oh, no, they've been cancelled, haven't they? Um, but uh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, so my, my romantic notion. Do you ever... So, so living out in the wilds of Clare, do you ever get the... Do you ever, because you used to live in London and, you know, you were a man about town, you know? Do you, do you miss that life? Do you? I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in London in February and I, I spent the whole time there thinking, the fuck did I move over to? Was that before or after you bought the tent? <laughs> that was way after. It's about a year after. So I, just, I, nearly bought, I bought that tent nearly two years ago. Still haven't used it. It's rotting anyway. Um, yeah, I just a lot of people say it was really hard to live in London. I found it the easiest thing ever. I mean, you just you hop on a bus or a tube or cycle somewhere. It's really, really easy and navigable and you don't need anything and you can get cable TV. I mean, our Internet here, as you know, is a disaster. Our phone signals are a disaster. Everything about it. I mean, and then, and then when it gets cold, we have no water. <laughs> But, but, but the water freezes, does it? Yeah, yeah. Because the <laughs> fucking idiots that laid the water pipes um, didn't put them down far enough. They're supposed to be like 60 centimetres down. But I, my stopcock is, is literally touching the top of my I don't want to hear about your stopcock. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. We, I mean, it's... it's uh, the, do you remember the big snow? Uh, yeah, yeah, nine, yeah. 2009, yeah. When he had to leave our car, um, it was terrible because I was I was working in Doombeg in the hotel at the time. And uh, we'd spent, one of the perks of being there was that I used to spend Christmas there. And I would come in on Christmas Eve and spend all day Christmas, or all day Christmas Eve, yeah, all day Christmas Day, and then leave on St. Stephen's Day. And <clears throat> of course, I'd get triple, quadruple time or whatever. I'd also have a hotel with three bars to myself and my wife and my son and we we invited all sorts of people up like parents and in-laws and wow. whatever playing golf on christmas day on a you know a championship what? course yeah oh yeah 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 pretending to be doing security and stuff but um we left <clears throat> 2009 i think on saint stephen's morning it was a bit icy i seem to remember and uh we packed up the car uh, and by this stage, the place was kind of revving up. So we had a bit of lunch there and then we drove home. And by the time we got home, we we're 100 meet, 180 metres up. We couldn't get into the house with a dog with us um, and we couldn't drive to our house. So about, I'd say, three quarters of a mile away. Jimmy's only five at this stage. Um, we, we had to hike it in and we had no winter clothing or anything with us. You were still in your you were still in your plus fours. You were still... yeah, literally, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I came up with a polo t-shirt on. I was fucking freezing, and 
the other thing was, of course, we'd had Christmas. So Santa's gifts that year included, I think, a uh, one of those John Deere tractors. You know, those big plastic tractors? Yeah, which was handy to get rid of the snow. Well, it would it would have been, but we had to really pick and choose what we could carry on our backs. So there we are. My son, I think he don't, I don't think he's ever got over it. I had to ask him to choose some light things Ooh. so that he could fit his pockets to bring them home because we didn't know how long. And it was four days before we got the car back or anything in it. So you literally oh. had to abandon the car and then hike. Yeah. Uh, was there polar bears that time? No. Was there Arctic foxes? <laughs> there probably were actually they probably would have been a little bit white but i remember i mean we we had to we had electricity but we had no running water so we were i was taking snow in drifts and putting it onto um pots on the stove to heat it up to drink it's like living in the 1940s i don't know what i don't know what possessed us to be honest anyway so you came off you came off the lap of luxury playing golf and enjoying the three bars in the hotel and then into basically you know Shack. edmund hillary <laughs> surviving in <laughs> in a lean-to halfway up a mountain or something <clears throat> literally wow. yeah um you, you I, I briefly mentioned arctic foxes there do you know that there's an arctic squirrel i learned this the other day that 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 um hibernates for most of the winter but takes a lot of mushrooms before it hibernates and that's a, that's an actual fact what kind of like like mushrooms? Like yeah, shrooms? yeah, shrooms like magic mushrooms. Like yeah, and they don't know why. They haven't figured that bit out yet. I don't know how they found out it takes shrooms, but they did, and um, haven't figured out why. Just a, as a little well, it's aside, probably, it's probably evolved to have really nice sweet dreams. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe to uh, get its brain. Yeah, get its brain going. Yeah. Get his brain thinking Children. in a different way. Get some cool dream yeah. dreams going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, next year I'm not coming back as a squirrel. Every <laughs> but the uh, so so you miss London and 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 living out in the middle of nowhere. It's not. Did you when you left London? Oh yeah, you left because uh, to to get the sea to to take the sea air as it were. Um, just just to get yeah, out of the city, in, wasn't in it? Norfolk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it was lovely up there. It was lovely. It was really middle class and sort of again city life. But we were always getting a little bit more sort of countrified, if you know what I mean. We were, yeah. we were just moving out a little bit. You know, you, the, the dog became a big thing, and then the walks became a big thing, and then moving here, we literally moved into the back end of nowhere. When we moved, we moved back to Ireland. We moved into a place in. Uh, called Leitrim it's a town landing in uh, in, in Clare near Cree a place called Cree and it was just this place I mean to say where we're living now is remote is is nothing this this place was like uh, life below zero it was um you had to drive through a farmyard and down a sort of a mile and a half track into a bog and there was this little group of little houses a little cluster of houses and uh, we we stayed down there and it was great Jimmy just ran he was feral I don't think he. Uh, I, sp- I think he spoke to the squirrels for the first yeah, time. He, he was robbing the squirrels' shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, um, so were you? Were you? Were you? Had you intentionally thought, let's get away from uh, the rat race? Let's drop out. Let's try and live off the grid. Is that? Is that? Was that? Or was it just you? Just fancy going back to Ireland? Yeah, fancy going back to Ireland. I, we'd always come to uh, on holidays to Spanish Point. So I thought, you know, it was a good idea to get sort of that way. And then I thought, oh, it's a great idea because we have a child now we, and, and the education here is, is fantastic. We would have had to move house in England. Um, I don't know whether we've discussed this before, but we, we would have had to move um, because of the way the postcode situation is. Oh, yeah. Um, where we lived, he would have got into a, a crap school or else the, the two options were we buy somewhere in a nice postcode where the houses are usually about 150 grand more expensive, or we, we put money aside and uh, put him into a private school. And we probably would have, we liked where we were living. So we probably would have been to put him into a private school, which would have cost the earth. And, you know, you're a slave to sort of mm. paying stuff then. So yeah, it just didn't suit. I don't like paying for stuff. 
<laughs> Except uh, camping gear that you're never going to use. <laughs> yeah, and all manner of computers. This is the third computer <laughs> the third of the day. <laughs> Uh, before I let you go, get back to your idyllic life there, uh, Mike, amongst the uh, Arctic squirrels and polar bears, and um, I, I wanted to ask you about your encounter with uh, with Dolly Parton. I don't think we've we haven't spoken about this yet, have we? We haven't. No, we we, we keep saying we're going to do Dolly, and we keep saying we're going to do something else. Something oh yes, the drummer. The yeah, drummer. Uh, what's his name? Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow's drummer. Yeah, that's a that's. I'm looking forward to that story. But let's yeah. get let's do the Dolly part. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, I, I, working... I, I just want to say oh. to anybody listening now, if you haven't listened to any of the other chats with Mike or the other podcasts, you should listen back because because you'll find that Mike was very he's very he was he had a big role to play in the day that Kurt Cobain died. Let's just say that. Let's say that exactly. You should, you should listen back to those. Uh, he's had he's had many celebrity encounters. Anyway, so I'll stop talking. Sorry, Mike. No, you're all right. Um, so I was working in the Athenaeum Hotel, and this is before we met. Um, and it was probably the best hotel I've ever worked on. It was it was brilliant. I was sort of a two two on two off was my roster. So I only worked every day was Thursday. Every first day was Thursday, and every second day was Friday. It was brilliant. I just you know I just uh, I, I I literally lived the vida loca. It was like every day was a weekend. What do you mean every and, day? Was, uh, like you started on a you started work on a Thursday. You worked the Friday. Oh oh, so you, so every day you were you're yeah. about to be off for the weekend. Yeah, like so you you're sort of you start on Monday, uh, you work Tuesday, you're off Wednesday, Thursday, Brilliant. and then it just kept going, and it was fantastic. That is it a, was that's a good working. That's a that's a nice roster is yeah it? yeah it was just it was it was perfect the only problem is of course every second day you count up what tips you've made and sort of try and blow them before you get back in you know that was that was the sort of life i was living at the time because i i do remember getting into like obviously i was living in a tent at the time but you, like you'd live off your tips and i like i remember just having enough to get into work knowing that i'd make at least enough to get home again in tips. yeah yeah, you'd never rely on them, but you'd always know you could schmooze some money out of somebody. Yeah, and get, uh, yeah. I, in this particular instance, I wasn't a concierge at this stage. I was, I was just a luggage porter. I'd done my stint on nights, and I was coming in to do luggage. And I was, I would sit in a boot room. Um, the door room, the the doorman would whistle at us, and we'd run out, and the taxi would sort of open, and he'd take care of the guests and we'd take care of the bags. And then the people would be shown to their room and then we'd get up there and maybe sort of unpack for them and give them a bit of a spiel and see if we could do anything for them and sort of be as obsequious as we could be. Um, and there was myself and a guy called Nick <clears throat> who were the, the two on our two days on, two days off. And uh, Nick didn't like talking to people. So that just left me talking to people and he would carry as much luggage as he could because he just felt guilty that he didn't want to talk to anyone. Brilliant. So, yeah, it was brilliant. It was fantastic for me because I didn't have to do anything. Um, yeah, actually, this guy, Nick, um, actually took some shrooms at one point and um, he lived on his own and uh, he used to have a budgie that slept with him and um, he woke up... <laughs> <laughs> Where do I, this story is just taking it. I don't know. Go on, keep going. <laughs> he didn't. He woke up one morning, and uh, he, he kind of got up with a start and put his hand down. And thought, "Oh, what's that?" And he crushed his budgie. Oh overnight. no! Yeah, and terrible. On a night that he'd taken shrooms, he ended up crushing the budgie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He must have. He, he was rattled. You know, I don't think he ever got over it. To be honest, really. Um. Yeah. He was. Uh, complex sort of fella and you'd meet all sorts of geezers in these jobs you know um from all sorts of you know pasts i mean i, I worked nights with a guy once and uh, he said do you mind if i uh, if i if i leg it for a couple of hours i've got to go down the old kent road i said yeah off you go and two hours later he came back with a truckload of jackets literally clothing and it was like here you go and he gave me a blazer <laughs> A lot, a lot of duckers and divers. Yeah, real duckers and divers and sort of professional gamblers and professional alcoholics and professional this and professional that. And they were 
they were the most random, funny crew of people I think I've ever come across. It was and a good. Sort of, it was a good industry to be involved in in that way, and that like you, the, the type of people that it attracted. Uh, I, I remember w- working the shift with a guy, um, and he used to like going out clubbing mm. um, a lot, and he would. So he would take um, he would take something to help him enjoy the clubbing experience a bit more, yes. like uh, to heighten his his uh, enjoyment of the music uh, a little bit. But he he generally take that, you know, two hours before the end of his shift. <laughs> so he'd be ready. <laughs> he'd be ready. We'd be like bringing bags, yeah. bringing bags down from, or you know, dropping bags up to room or coming down. Cause sometimes he'd be on, on the shift with somebody else and he'd be like, here, do you want to? And I'd be like, no, I don't want to. He's like, yeah, just get ready to go. <laughs> he, he, he kept inviting me out with him clubbing. And I'd be like, no, I think I, I, he didn't seem like the type of guy that I would enjoy an evening with. Yeah. But, uh, I'm sure he was having fun. But another guy actually just to, and we'll get to the Dolly Parton story. He came in. I don't think you were working there at the time. He was a, big big irish guy like tall and big you know um mm. i think he might have been a friend of lee's do you remember lee yeah, of course you oh he, i know i know exactly the guy you're talking about Go yeah. On. yeah 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 i hope it's the same guy uh that we're talking about but anyway he he was at a house party one night um and he woke up kind of late and sort of was stumbling around getting his stuff together because he was on he was working in the hotel and he arrived in and i was on i was on do you know the way there was like a seven o'clock and then there was a nine o'clock and there was you know mm. someone would be in a little bit early and then he came in uh, he might have just been late uh and sometimes if it was busy there was two people on but he was came in and his eyes were all red and he looked a bit of a state but he kind of got himself together he, he wasn't too bad and uh as as the sort of you know the, the minutes ticked by in the morning he was just going like his eyes just got redder and redder <laughs> And he was like, at some point he was like, he was in, he was in pain. Like he was like, he couldn't, it just got worse. He couldn't cope with this, whatever was going on in his eyes. He had, uh, he had left his, he wore contact lenses, which he, so after the house party, he'd taken the contact lenses. He'd left them somewhere safe in two shot glasses. Oh. So he took his, his, uh, his contact lens that he'd left safe in two shot glasses, put them straight into his eyes uh ran into work and subsequently realized that those shot glasses had had vodka in them oh man alive imagine the pain oh my god like he ended up he had to leave and went to hospital and had his eyes i don't know someone took took a hose to his eyes or something but uh, yeah and and here's the funny thing about that man he went on to become a bank manager (laughs) did he yeah, yeah, like oh. an actual a branch manager, like giving giving people mortgages and stuff. Was he responsible? Oh, yeah. for, was he responsible for the collapse of the banking system? <laughs> More than likely, yeah. yeah. He just probably put his he probably put his uh, his his his, uh, his eyes on the wrong way around one morning, and sort of the zeros were all over the shop. Like, yeah, <laughs> his, eyes, his eyes were upside down. He was like, "Yeah, sell, sell, buy. Looks good." Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so tell me. About more about Dolly. Oh, yes, yeah. so, so I had a boss as well um, in the in the Athenaeum Hotel from Limerick. His name was Donny, and um, there was another guy who worked with him called Leo, <clears throat> also from County Limerick. And there's me as well. And you couldn't have made this up that the three of us were there. They were another generation above me, um, but they knew everybody that came into this hotel. They'd both been in the Athenaeum for a good thirty years each. So they knew everybody. And it was a real starry hotel. Uh, you know, Harrison Ford would have come in and everybody to do with Star Trek stayed there in London. I must have, I must tell you my Patrick Stewart story at some point. Oh yeah. But on this particular, on this particular day, um, this guy, Donny was, he was out the back <laughs> of the concierge desk. He said, would you mind the desk for me for a minute? I said, oh, well, yeah, yeah. And just behind it, there was a door went into the boot room and, um, he was in there putting a bit of foundation on. He was a very camp man, uh, way, way, like way ahead of his time wearing makeup. But he was like, oh, I just put a little bit of foundation on. I'm a bit sweaty this morning. And uh, he said, just, just look after the desk for a second. And uh, I did. And he came out and he literally shouldered past me and made a beeline for this woman who'd come out of the, uh, uh, the lift and was making her way really hastily towards the, the front door. And I thought, oh, God. 
is this some sort of hooker or something? Or is it somebody that's stolen something? Because I'd just gone on shift. Mm. And I thought, you could always, you know what it's like in a hotel, you can walk into a situation and not know what's going on. Yeah. And uh, he ran over to this woman and grabbed her by the shoulder. And this woman, very small woman, uh, with very shiny black hair and a huge pair of sunglasses, and a <laughs> scarf and like a big satchel around her back and everything. And... Um, he said, I know who you are. And I was thinking, oh, Jesus, this is going to go really awfully now. This is like, I'm going to be here and he's going to be done for touching somebody or whatever. And um, she turned and put her arm on his arm and said, of course, you know who I am, honey. And uh, he said, what are you doing? She said, I just came over for a shopping trip. And I'm unaware now as to who in the name of God he's talking to. And he said, but I'm going to tell everyone you're here unless you come and do something for us. And uh, he said, uh, come over here and, I'll, and you'll meet my friend, Mike. So this lady, this is, uh, hello, how are you? My name is Mike. Good, good to meet you. Really good to meet you. Come on, come on out to the boot room. Come on out, come on out with us. And he started saying, come on, Dolly, come on, Dolly. And I'm going, Dolly, there's only one Dolly I know. And all of a sudden she took her for her sunglasses out the boot room and uh, took off her coat and said kind of, why, Donnie, I knew you'd figure I was here. I just wanted to keep this trip from y'all and all this other stuff. And I'm going, fucking hell, it's Dolly Parton standing in front of me. And he says to her, I'm not going to let you leave this room unless you sing a song for us. And I'm kind of embarrassed at this stage, thinking, what's she going to sing? And she sang this song, and I, I didn't know what it was. And uh, she starts singing it. She said, um, I hope life treats you kind. And I don't know, da, 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 da. And I will always love you. And I'm thinking, all right, that's not one of the ones I know. Oh. <laughs> and uh, Well, that's not going to be a hit. Yeah, exactly. Go um, forward 10, 10 years and it's the Bodyguard song and it's the Whitney Houston song or whatever. I will always love you. And I didn't realise that she'd written it, um, but she sang it to us. And honestly, your man, uh, Donnie, was just there. There was, there, <laughs> his mascara was running because he was so enamored by this beautiful song being sung by this little beautiful woman. And uh, she was kind of whispering it so nobody else would hear it. It was absolutely a beautiful little moment in time. And, uh, and I was kind of, I was underwhelmed by the whole thing really because I didn't <laughs> actually believe it because she looked yeah. so indifferent, you know, and so, and it was just so out of context. And he's standing there nudging me and crying. And I'm going, really? Is that her? And, you know, and you just don't want to believe it. But it was, yeah. It was old Dolly singing, I will always love you. Bizarre. Wow. Wow. Best gig ever. Yeah. There Best you go. gig ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, spookily, it came, it came around full circle because um, in the film, um, The Bodyguard, Yeah. of course, everybody went to see The Bodyguard and everybody mm. knows the song. Yeah. Um, your one, Whitney Houston, plays a character called Rachel Maron. It's the only time I've ever seen my name anywhere but Monaghan. Wow. How spooky is that? Oh, my God. She probably, Dolly probably, Dolly probably wrote that movie and used your surname as the character. Do you know what? She, oh my God. She, do you know what? There's every fucking chance she could have done. Because there's that, the famous, it, there's the famous scene in The Bodyguard where Whitney Houston has to sing to two bellboys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Listen, Mike, yeah, what, uh, I better let you go and get on with your idyllic life in Clare there. Not a, not a yeah. care in the world do you have. With your three computers, in the world. Ah. With your three computers and your Arctic monkeys and your mushrooms. <laughs> oh. I, wait, oh. Listen, are you, are you so? Is, is work work is gone now for the for the winter? Is it? Yeah, I don't go back to work till March. I'm going to say March or April. I'd say this year. And that's that's yeah, so, uh, is that busy... to, it's totally COVID related. It's not to do with. Um, is it to do? Is that a seasonal thing? Because I know you work at the the Cliffs of Moher. Is that a seasonal no, it, thing? It is. It is. No, this is totally. Normally, we would not be seasonal. Um, it was. Uh, it's COVID related with yeah. the lockdown, and there ain't that many people that live within five kilometres of uh, the Cliffs of Moher. Let me tell you that for nothing. 
Um, yeah, no, I get it. The the thing I was thinking about because I know that you've done stuff like you. I've seen you making videos about you know lifting up a rock and looking at what's under it and uh, creepy crawlies and all that kind of stuff. And you're into that kind of thing. Am mm. I right? Am I am I, am I right? Um, oh yeah, 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 definitely. I wonder maybe for the next time I talk to you, like, do you think that there's something that we could do for people who? Uh, might have children who might be looking for something to do, like say on the car or in their garden or something like things to look out for, or, you know, if you look, pick up a rock or like, I don't know, or even know what I'm saying. I'm sure. Yeah. They're, well, there's lots of, um, lots of different wildlife coming in at the moment. Lots of different thrushes, lots of little garden stuff. You put up a bird feeder at this time of year, you'll get all sorts of little things coming to your garden, no matter where you live. Okay, cool. We're going to talk a little yeah. bit next time about putting up a bird feeder and what kind of birds you can get coming into your garden, because I think that would be a great way of uh, keeping the kids entertained or even like even the adults. I would be fascinated by that. Actually, I'm, I only want to do it because I want to put up a bird feeder and see what kind of birds I attract. Fanar, fanar. <laughs> well, it goes back to, you know, our earlier conversation. I don't know whether it's been recorded or not, but it was about, you know, children, what they what they think is interesting. Um, you know, you can never overeducate anybody, but I think what children find interesting, most adults find interesting. You know, there's never, it's never, it's, every day's a school day, man. Every day's a school day. Okay, cool. <laughs> so next week we can talk about birds and not, of the, not of the Dolly Parton type. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Hey, miss you. <laughs> well, how can you miss me? We've never really, we, yeah. <laughs> Really, what? I, the, 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 the one thing I, I regret because we recorded one before was that when my wife was my wife made an appearance on the podcast that that we're probably not going to use. And you, yeah, what did you say about my wife? I can't even remember what it was. You were <clears> you were you were shocked almost. I was very shocked. Yeah, that yeah, and that you'd managed to pull somebody so glamorous. <laughs> You said you were an incredibly attractive woman or something. She is a phenomenally attractive woman. Hey, look, she is. But I've yeah. never I've never met you're such an honest man. You know, it's great. It's refreshing, you know. Yeah, she I mean, you know, and I don't know how you but as I say, I don't know how you managed to pull it. So there you go. Well, I did I did get a I put up a picture of myself and my wife on Instagram and a guy a guy messaged me saying, Hey, I know you're a sound lad and all, but you're definitely punching. <laughs> Which means, uh, yeah. Which means punching above your weight, and your weight, yeah, yeah, she's much better looking than me. But you know, uh, that's uh, it was. I I charmed her with all the money I earned from living in a tent and uh, and working yeah, in a you, hotel in London. I suppose I, I, I presume you just gave her loads of shroom tea. <laughs> she's she doesn't know where she is. <laughs> right, we leave it there. Okay, <laughs> look, take it easy. See you, bye. Bye, 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 bye. Rightio, there you have it. Um, what? Sorry? My watch talking to me. Sometimes I say things and then my watch says things back to me. I'm fine, thank you. Don't worry about me. Watchy. Watchy lady. She's always watching. <laughs> oh, somebody's watching. Uh, anyway, that was uh, me chatting to my friend Mike about everything from... Um, I don't even know what we talked about. Mushrooms? to Dolly Parton so what else would you need in an old chat uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast at any stage about anything please do feel free uh, don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast and share on social media like why not why wouldn't you I mean I think it's a good idea you know I love to see good podcasts shared you know especially mine I think it's a great idea I'm, I'm sorry I'm a little bit uh, burpy I've just been drinking a cup of tea Normally I wouldn't do that. Normally I'd be much more professional. Um, but, you know, it's it's been a long week. And it's been a long weekend. Literally a long weekend. Can't believe it was bank holiday today. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, tell me your story. KeithWalsh.Walsh at gmail.com would be the email address. Or KeithWalshPod at gmail.com. Either of those will get me. They'll find me there in fine fettle. And... Uh, subscribe rate um five stars i think is the only one they will accept so don't even try and do the other stars five stars is all the only thing that will work and um 
have a good evening. Enjoy the rest of your evening, whatever you're doing. Or if you're listening to this in the morning, have a good rest of the day. And uh, I hope you, I hope you all your dreams come true. I really do. And I believe they will. I will be saying a prayer for you. Or lighting a candle. Or manifesting. I will be raising my vibrations and manifesting good things for you. Okay? No problem. It's my pleasure. I better go now. It takes me a long time to say goodbye. Like literally all I have to do is come on at the end and go, that was it. That was my friend Mike. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And then say goodbye. But I end up waffling on uh, for far too long. Although it's only been two, two and a half minutes. So that's not too long. It's grand. Maybe I should just talk for a bit longer. What do you think, Charlie? Charlie's asleep. He's on the CBD. Do you know what I mean? Charlie's on the CBD. He takes a drop. Beverly night and he can't see him to get his bearings or even go outside for a sh- right I better um, I better go thanks for listening and uh, I'll talk to you soon and if we meet in the street don't hug me not at the moment but you can wave over and um, yeah and be freaked out that you're seeing me in, in flesh that's fine anyway um I'm on Instagram and social media if you want to, and social media and Twitter if you want to follow me. I just need to stop talking now. Good luck. Goodbye. Thanks. See you. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 